And I think all lives are incredible. It's just, um, are we aware of it ourselves? Are we living the best life as we've been gifted? I'm Amy Jo Martin. Welcome to the Why Not Now show. You know that thing you've been thinking about doing? Yeah, that one. Why not now? Have you ever actually taken the time to ask yourself, what's stopping me? Let's talk it through. This is your chance to give that idea the attention it deserves and take action. Each episode, I have a chat with a fascinating person from entrepreneurs to athletes, celebrities, my parents, rocket scientists, and all walks of life. We talk through a critical time when they've asked themselves, why not now? We dissect that day or even that moment, step by step. We have a legend on the show today. She's one of the individuals, after doing, what, nearly 200 interviews, that has sparked butterflies, healthy butterflies, not pterodactyls, but butterflies, definitely, before hopping on the phone and speaking with her. Byron Katie is a spiritual mentor to millions of people. I am one of them. Time Magazine describes her as a spiritual innovator of the 21st century. She is a best-selling author and leader, and she has something she calls the work. The work includes four simple questions that have really shifted the way I think, shifted the way I feel, and lead my life. So as most of you know, I did not consider myself a very spiritual person until maybe five years ago or so. I considered myself a spreadsheet person, a very literal, analytical, linear thinker. And one of the individuals who introduced me into a different world, a much bigger world, was Susie Batiste. She's my mentor. I speak about her often. And she's been on the show many times. So I learned about Byron Katie through Susie. And Susie attributes Byron Katie's book called Loving What Is, which includes the work, the four questions. She credits this book to really being the catalyst for her own spiritual journey and turning her entire life around. So if you're not familiar, Susie had been bankrupt twice before creating Poopery, her company now. She was early 40s when she discovered this book. And she happened to just see the book on a shelf one day. I think she was in a coffee shop. And she saw the title. It's called Loving What Is. And she kind of like thought, oh, rolled her eyes and thought, yeah, loving what is. And she picked it up, read it cover to cover. And that was the catalyst and kind of the rocket fuel for changing her life. Fast forward several years, I meet Susie, I read the book, and the four questions, the work, as 
Katie calls it, she goes by Katie, is really actually simple. They are very simple. So it works like this. When you have a thought, you get curious. You inquire and ask yourself, is it true? Is that thought true? The next question, the second question is, can I absolutely know it's true? And so this is definitely an inquiry process. The third question is, how do I react when I believe this thought? And then finally, who would I be without this thought? So Byron Katie allows us to understand that the suffering goes on in our minds and we have the ability to change that. And then a final step is to turn that thought around. So once you've completely wrestled with this specific thought, wrestled it to the ground, you replace it with a turnaround, an opposite thought, one that is as true or truer, and one that doesn't cause suffering. So just to recap, question number one, is it true? Number two, can I absolutely know it's true? Number three, how do I react when I believe this thought? Number four, who would I be without the thought? So I have a quick story. It's definitely not a coincidence, but it's one of those beautiful (laughs) directives I've received from the universe. And that was the day that Lincoln was born, my son, who was born three months early, big surprise, I was headed to Palm Springs to meet my mentor, Susie, my friend and mentor, my friend-tor. I had a layover in Denver. Well, I've told the story before, so I will spare the details, but I ended up going into labor on the flight and then at the airport. That morning before I left to go to the airport, I just thought, I need to bring my Byron Katie book, Loving What It Is. It's a tattered just kind of book that I've, you know, read before and I have studied and referenced and I just threw it in my backpack and I don't really know why. I just had a hit to go ahead and do it. Well, as I get to the airport, I'm in the ambulance. All I have is my backpack and myself. And next thing you know, I'm in the labor and delivery room. This baby is coming. There are probably 15 to 20 people surrounding me. It's an emergency situation, and I think I need to FaceTime my husband. So I asked a nurse to go in my backpack and get my phone charger out while I'm having contractions. And the Loving What Is Byron Katie book falls out of the bag and lands on the ground. And that moment, I know, played a huge role in setting the tone and the trajectory for what was about to come with giving birth to a two-pound baby who was in the NICU for three months and navigating that very difficult time, the four questions were a big part of the experience that I had. And I am so grateful for these four questions. So without further ado, here is Byron, Katie, and I talking exploring. I invite you to keep an open mind as you listen to her, especially if you're more of an analytical person. A lot of what she shares is very literal. You write these things down, you analyze, you inquire, you get curious. So here's Byron Katie, the legend. Are you ready for change? 
Or maybe you're already in a season of expansion. As we embrace this new decade, are you ready to take action on your own Why Not Now idea? Maybe that means starting the company, launching the podcast, writing the book, or doing more public speaking, injecting your why into what you are doing. At the end of the day, that is exactly what creates connection. And connections convert. My life work is to help guide women through this very stage in their life. I do this through the Renegade Brand Bootcamp. It truly is the career love of my life. The reason I love this program so much is because I'm able to create a mosaic, a collection of like-minded, like-hearted, driven women who come together to level up. They learn the renegade mentality directly from me, and I share everything I've learned over the past 20 years in business. It's equal parts education, collaboration, accountability, and community. We are accepting applications for our 2020 program, and you are welcome to go check everything out about the program at renegadebrandbootcamp.com. And as a very first step, just sign up for my five-day email series. I uncover all of the questions about the boot camp and help you understand if it's right for you. We've had some incredible women come through the program, and you will hear from them as well. You can check out the curriculum, the structure, the vibe, and everything in between. Many years ago, I went to Mark Cuban and asked him for investment advice. I thought I was going to get some real estate or stock market type of advice. Instead, he said, invest in yourself. Invest in your own growth. Invest in yourself. Bet on yourself. This is the best ROI you will ever find. If you are at that point where you are ready to take action, head to renegadebrandbootcamp.com. Hey, quick, quick update on the Renegade Brand Bootcamp. Woo, we are rocking and rolling, and enrollment is open. So you can head to renegadebrandbootcamp.com if you want to see the dates, if you want to apply and enroll. We have been accepting applications, and the program is filling up. So I've talked about the program before. I will spare you the details, but head to renegadebrandbootcamp.com if you want to learn more. This is for like-minded, like-hearted women who are expanding in their personal and professional careers. It's all about education, accountability, community, and collaboration. So uh, you can sign up for my email series to learn all about the program as a first step if you're not sure. And um, let me know what you think. Hit me up on social if you have questions. I am happy to answer them. Renegadebrandbootcamp.com is the website. We tackle the most taboo topics on the Why Not Now show. Oftentimes, you're hearing guests share things they've never shared before. In the spirit of things we don't typically talk about, you should know that the Why Not Now show is supported by Poopery, the original before-you-go toilet spray. It's magic. My friends at Poopery have literally taken the smell out of you-know-what. This pure blend of essential oils stops bathroom odor before it begins. Visit poopery.com and Why Not Now listeners get 20% off with code Why Not Now. That's all one word.
And you can hear the story about poopery in our interview with founder Susie Batiste. That's Why Not Now, episode 28. Poopery is also available at Bed Bath & Beyond. Byron, Katie, welcome to the show. I will hop right in. Katie, it is so exciting to have you here with me. And I have to admit, I have a couple of butterflies. But let's go ahead and kick right off. Can you tell me about a time when you had a big decision to make and you had to ask yourself, why not now? It, it was a silent question in me and I didn't notice the question because it was so silent I noticed all the excuses that were so obviously there to stop me to hold me back or to keep me from moving forward and the situation actually was I woke up one morning and um, and I had the thought to brush my teeth and I was so comfortable in bed, and I heard the direction as as um, as benevolent. It was, you know, it was no enemy coming at me like I had to brush my teeth. It was direction. I was being directed. I mean, if we have cavities, it's difficult to focus on our life's purpose. So it was just simply brush your teeth and. And then I experienced this onslaught of not now, I'm so comfortable here, and I'll do it later, and it's okay if I do. And then it just swam into other excuses like, oh, my gosh, not other excuses, but it took me on into other topics like, um, why do I have to get up? Um, it's more comfortable here. I don't think I, I, I need to expound on it anymore, but they were all there. And so, Amy Joe, what I did was – I literally, it may sound strange, but those thoughts were so powerful. I followed the wisdom. Brush your teeth. It's like, what good am I in the world if I can't follow the simple directions? What good I am I in the world if I can't just do such a simple thing? And it wasn't such a simple thing. It could be a major life crisis or something so seemingly innocent that the ego would just throw out there, brush your teeth, you know, and it's like, a, how dare you, you know, like the minds. And, but it was, um, and this may sound a little strange, but literally, it was so powerful. I had to crawl, but I knew I'd do anything for that voice. And it's not, there's no self-acclaim in it. There's no, there's, it's just simple. If I cannot do that. What do I have to contribute? Amazing that you knew the directive of that voice that was so simple yeah. was the first step in probably oh, a bunch it, of it, other directions. It was <laughs> of, of, of really keeping my feet in the world. And, and it was the same with do the dishes. Well, um, I did them last you know, why not? I I did them last. Um, they're not my dishes. I always do the dishes. It's um, everyone thinks it's a woman's place to do the dishes. I'm tired. I'll do them later. The it's I mean this onslaught coming at us. It's it's like um, 
a war zone and notice the attitude, what it feels like and how we react when we're of this mindset. We just argue with, do the dishes. It, it, it came from inside of me. No one said, you have to do the dishes. You know, it's just, you know, those days maybe with our parents or that I'm well out of the nest <laughs> by now with this simple voice that just do the dishes and and then standing over the kitchen sink or brushing the teeth. It's like people who think, I accomplished, I, I, I climbed that mountain, I made it to the top. And well, I did the dishes and I brushed my teeth. That's momentous from where I come from. Just, you know, agoraphobic, agoraphobic, depressed and, and too much suffering. But that's what was going on inside of me. It, it, no matter what would arise, you know, there was some kind of war zone, some kind of why not now to deal with. Mm-hmm. I get dressed. You know, mm-hmm. it's, that's huge on some days for some people. And so powerfully opposed to internally uh, this this ego that how can we? That's why if people can't brush their teeth, I understand if I believed what they believe, if I had that running in me, I wouldn't be able to brush mine either. And mm-hmm. I'm not guessing I've lived it as we all have. It's mm-hmm. just getting in touch with it and then. Of course, you uh, know my way is just to list those reasons, why not, and question them using those four questions and opposites that they are, that I offer um, on the website. Absolutely, which we can definitely get into and maybe apply to a few situations here um, to kind of give you an, an interesting way that your work the work came into my life through Susie Patisse. And then in April of last year, I was six months pregnant and I was, I boarded a flight to actually go meet her. And I had a layover in Denver and something told me to pack your book in my backpack before I left. And I've read it before, but it oh, was, so you were you too followed the simple direction? <laughs> yeah, I just book. did it almost robotically. I didn't question yeah. why, but I just knew I needed to bring the book for whatever yeah, so reason. There was, I was, so there was no why not there. It, you you were in a flow. Yeah, I I didn't even think, and um, I was meeting her in Palm Springs, and I landed in Denver, and l- little did I know. And fast forward, I was in labor, and I had my son three months early in Denver, almost at the airport. Oh my but gosh. As oh I, my gosh. I, I get to the hospital. It was the most beautiful, chaotic symphony of things that just happened. And and I asked the nurse, can you get my phone charger out of my backpack, please? I want to FaceTime with my husband while I'm, you know, nine centimeters dilated and getting ready yeah. to have this oh child. My, oh my goodness. And she opened my backpack and your book fell out. Oh. And I saw it on the floor. And I can tell you. I am so grateful for you sharing the work you've done and the work because that moment set the stage and trajectory for 90 days in the NICU with my son. You know, he was two pounds. and um, Oh, my gosh. And what's interesting is that voice. If you would have asked me five years ago, what's your intuition say? What's your gut say? I would have probably rolled my eyes and said, you want to get out a magic eight ball? Like, what do you mean? (laughs) 
So my question for you is, for those of us who are trying to turn up the volume on the, the directives, brush your teeth or breathe through these contractions, or what is your first piece of advice? How do we turn that volume up? Identify, get really still. We don't need to turn the volume up. It's a matter of just get still. So we get quiet and, still. And become aware of the thoughts running through your head that are trying to talk you out of this, doing the simplest thing. We see a simple, you know, life sometimes just mundane. It's not, it is so exciting. And once we understand the cause of war, internal war, that keeps us just from doing what we know to do. Uh, when we know cause, we can get really still and quiet, sweetheart, and and just notice why not. Oh. I can do it later. It's not my turn. No one will really care one way or the other, or it's not that important. Or, you know, it's it's um and and we can identify those. Just write them down. Bring those thoughts that are running our lives into the world it, on paper. It's where it belongs. And then question them one by one with that question, is it true? You know, it, it's not my turn. Is it true to do the dishes? Or it's, um, um, it's I'll do them later. To write that down and question that. Ask, is it true? Can I absolutely know that it's true? And to notice how I react when I believe the thought. And we notice how the thoughts just keep, it's, it's not my turn, dun, 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 dun. I don't want to get my hands dirty, I just got out of the shower, all of this, and, and question them, and then, you know, see how you react and believe the thought, all those thoughts continue. And then who would you be without the thought as you're just standing there, just listening without the thought? You know, all these why nots, who would you be without them in your head? And then, in, in my case, crawl because that's what it took to go against that kind of blood just crawl do the dishes it's okay you'll survive the world will wait what what i am directed to do that's good that's useful that's constructive in my life do it and when these these questions these why nots are questions it's like like being moved mm -hmm. rather than saying I'm doing the dishes it's there's um it it feels like I've done the dishes before I can even say I'm doing the dishes it's that kind of uh, timeless experience that that we that we are privileged to when we are just doing the right thing mm -hmm. and, the, and the and and war is not running through our to our innocent heads. Lately, I've been wondering and getting curious about sometimes if fear is talking or if it's my inner voice. Do you have any any tips or prompts of things someone can do if they're not quite sure? Let's say they have a decision to make and they're not sure if it's a lack of bravery or if it's or fear or if it's their inner voice telling them. Well, you know, it's what I've noticed is if I do it, 
these thoughts are going to be running in my head. If I don't do it, these thoughts are going to be running in, in my head. So in the meantime, why don't I just do it? That's the end of war. Just do it. And if you have to, crawl. Now, I'm not, it sounds like I'm suggesting people do this. I can only come out of my own experience. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. And I invite, you know, I, 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 let's challenge people to see, you know, how powerful those thoughts are when you don't question them. You know, they'll, they'll keep you from living an otherwise incredible life. And I think all lives are incredible. It's just, an, are we aware of it ourselves? Are we living the best life as mm. we've been gifted? And, and then you talk about minding your business and, and well, the different types of business. There's, there's my business, there's your business, and the universe's business. Does it ever get blurry for you at this point for you? I mean, you've probably been practicing so long that it's crystal clear, I'm guessing, but are there times where there might be something in the middle that's impacting both your business and my business? Let's even say like a child. Uh, would you give me a, a, a clear example? Just let's say, you know, parenting decisions or I don't know, I, I, I've been focused on kind of cleaning up my side of the street lately and trying not to dabble in managing other people's psychological well-being. But, yeah, oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> trying. And there are times where I'm like, I feel like sometimes maybe their, their mental state is impacting mine, but then I'm like, wait a minute, is that true? <laughs> I don't know. I think it, it gets a little blurry for me at times. Well, if someone says... Um don't do that, you know, cancel that. And um, let's do this or that. And then I say, No, I'm going to uh, keep my commitment to say, Oh, you know, if you really cared about me, blah, 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 blah. And this is so important. And, that, 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 and all of that. Their, their um, mind is not impacting mine. I'm hearing someone that clearly wants me to cancel spend time with them, uh, will do that thing that they consider to be important. That's what they're, that's what I'm hearing. That's what they're, and I find that complimentary. They want to be with me. They're inviting me. I see that they're creative. They have this, this um, really valid thing to do. And I'm keeping my commitment. So you see, I listened I appreciated, I really got what they were saying, and I keep my commitment. If I found theirs in my world, in my inner world, my experience, if I found theirs to be right as I listened, like, you know, that's really valid for me. That's really valid. I want to support them in that, and I'll cancel my prior commitment, or, um, you know, if for me, that would be I'll reschedule my prior commitment. And I don't have to tell my prior uh, commitment why or make excuses or anything. If they ask, I have something really beautiful to share with them. You know, I was on my way and my friend called and, 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 um, and thank you for asking and da, 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 da. And I uh, found it very valid and I appreciate your um, hanging in there with me and let's make another appointment. No war. No one can move me. I do that. I do that. 
And we all do. Someone invites me, same scenario, and I go, oh, you know, it's going to hurt their feelings if I don't, or oh, they're going to flash something on on their Facebook page, and it's not, you know, it's not going to be good for me. And, you know, and I'm thinking all of those. Then I'm a slave. I am not a decider. I'm not an innovator. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, really a victim that blames other people for my um, lack of asleepness, not taking inner responsibility for, for my own thoughts and mind, and so I can produce as much good in the world as I accomplish as much good as I possibly can in my life. How empowering. What's one thing you find yourself learning over and over? Oh, gosh, that life is good. Life is flawless. Life is the push. It's a school that, that allows us to, to play in, in the apparent physical. And when our mind can match the physical and love what is, um, there's no separation between mind and, and, and world. It's kind of like realizing over and over and over our true natures, that, that it never moves, never uh, can be challenged with any validity whatsoever, and that then you know, it's what some great mind said, that the only important question to answer is, um, is it a friendly universe? And I somehow was was um, shown an answer that was um, valid enough to me and to never have changed my mind. And and I invite everyone to that. You know, this this any any anything that we see as out of order, no matter how cruel, to just do the work with that. And in those finding those opposites opposites, those turnarounds, will really give us work to do. Like, he was unkind, I questioned that and turned around, I was unkind. Now I have to get really still and see in that situation, where is it that I was unkind? And and what was the term you used? You're, you said cleaning up a lot of things or writing a lot of things Cleaning up a lot of things. Oh, cleaning up my side of the road. Yeah, cleaning up your side of the road. So that's a privilege. Yeah. Because how can we clean it up if we're not aware of it? So that's great awareness. And why not? And just to question anything that would would stop you. Oh. Have an amazing life. And also, I see in my life, unfailingly, it's never too much, ever. Never too much. It's just the mind at play again, the unquestioned mind at play again. And it leaves us tired and exhausted and burned out and depressed, you know, on on a scale from one to ten. And uh, when we can just question the cause of all suffering, and that's what we're thinking and believing about ourselves, someone else, the world. So here's here's an example for you. I was laying awake last night and... um, my husband's from Australia. He's there now. And, you know, he's been telling me about what it's like to be there during these wildfires. And and I was thinking about as I was preparing to speak with you, the four questions and, and the work on how I was feeling about this and then wondering how you might approach that. And is it the universe's business, but also ours? Or what's your take on a way to apply your work? the work to 
a situation well, like what that. Is, what, is, um, what is your concern about a situation like that? Well, I was, I was just sad, the animals and the suffering and it, you know, I was donating last night and I was just thinking, you know, I was just sad. So I see all the animals in my mind's eye as you talk. Mm-hmm. I see them. I see these these people's homes being burned. I see people out on the ocean shore uh, waiting for boats to pick them up mm-hmm. because it's they're they're kind of trapped there and hoping that that will make them safe. And so I see all those images in my head, and it was like instant. I saw all of that, Amy Jo, when when you were talking about these fires in Australia. Okay, so I see those images in my head, as you described. I'm experiencing them. Now, how do I react when I believe the thought, all of that is going on? How do I react when I believe the thought, all that's going on? I witness that past of everything, you know, what I've read in the paper, what I've heard on the news, what I've seen. I see those, those images in my head. And I see also images of the future where it's going to get worse. I see people not being responsible for global warming science, not taking it seriously. I, and so I see it getting worse and worse and worse. So now I have fires blazing in the past. And I live in Ojai, and we've experienced mm-hmm. some, some fires where we've been evacuated. And, um, and I see that, and I see Australia, and I see the future where it's going to happen again, and we should sell our home and move, or at least move out during fire season, and da 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 Now, that's a busy world. So who would I be without the thought? Now, this isn't to avoid at all. It's just a question. Well, first, how do I react? What happens when I believe the thought? I'm witnessing that past future of those infernos happening now, all over the world, mm-hmm. you know, I see it. And as I witness that day dream, because that's not a real fire in my head, that's imagination. And as I become aware of the cause of my suffering now, the worry, the stress, I see it's not the actual fires in Australia that's upsetting me. It is this movie going on in my mind's eye that is disturbing me. So those emotions of fear and discomfort let me know that I'm asleep. I'm daydreaming. I'm being daydreamed. Now, to wake me up from this dream, I mean, when you're in a nightmare, don't you want someone to wake you up? So I'm, that's up to me. Who would I be? without my story? Who would I be without the story running in my head right now around the fires? So like you, I can, I can go to uh, a website, I can donate, I can get into action, mm-hmm. I can, I, I'm, I'm not so, well, why would I? You know, it's global warming, and there's really nothing anyone's gonna do about it, and my money would go for better things, it's we get into the why not nows, mm, and that's you turning it around is going into action. Yeah, these fires are taking us over. Turned around, these fires are not taking us over. Not right here, right now. Not from here. So I have the grace of not being in one of those fires now, 
And so it gives me pause to be grateful and to then all of my emotions shifts because I'm out of the inferno. Mm -hmm. I'm awake to it was a dream in my head. Interesting. Would I be without the thought? So now I can come at it with some wisdom, with some help, and um, some sanity. In that situation, it seems that taking action is freedom, is freeing yourself. It absolutely is. Anytime we do the right thing, it's freedom. Why? Because guilt cannot take your life over. Mm. You're not going to wear that all day and beyond. It's just do the dishes, you know, and anything that would stop me. Why not now? Oh, my gosh. You know, this isn't about the fires there. This is about what's being created in my head by the ego to um, keep me in this trance I call the I, the me, the suffering. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hi, everyone. If you are digging this podcast, please do us a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It just takes a moment and it means a ton to us. Also, after recording more than 100 episodes, I've created a bit of a cheat sheet on the top five things I've learned from Renegades and how they get from idea to action, from dreaming to doing. I will email you the downloadable PDF when you subscribe to my newsletter. Just head to amyjoemartin.com and click on Connect With Me. So I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, and my experience is that there's been some romanticism around the concept of chase and hustle and grasp and cling and... 24 seven. And, um, and I used to subscribe to that. It wasn't a good look. It didn't end well. And if, if someone is feeling that they're stuck in that pattern right now, what would be a good prompt for applying the, is it true? Would it be, is it true? I must do this in order to. Well, I wouldn't happy? take shortcuts, you know, Okay. truthfully to answer it. I would just suggest people go to byroncatie.com or thework.com and find the the worksheet there that's just free of charge and a one belief at a time worksheet that's free of charge. You just hit print. There's nothing you have to sign up for, nothing in your way. Just push print and then follow the directions there. And also they can see the work on um, YouTube and the website, etc. If I am one-minded and I want something I don't want it to cost anyone else. I want a win-win in my life where I can have what I want at no one else's expense. And, and so like you, I work with many entrepreneurs, but we, we get sane when we sit in these worksheets. And, and so many high-functioning, we'll call it, people, motivated people, um, burn out and and begin taking stimulants and and drugs and because you can't slow down you 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 got you got to keep going you know you didn't push it as far as a lot of people have and are probably getting better results now. 
Oh, but, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Mind-blowing. Yeah, so there's your, there's your answer. <laughs> but yeah, who knew? But for me, I would just question anything that would stop me from doing what's right. And I and if I'm doing something at someone else's expenses, I'm not doing what's right. I'm going to experience guilt, and guilt is the fertilizer for all. It is the great fertilizer for all addiction. So if I say do something that goes against my true nature, then I'm going to feel guilt. And for me, it's not necessary. It's a judge your neighbor worksheet. I work it all the way through, and then continue on less guilt more energy and guilt is um not a terrible thing it's just like this alarm clock that says you know there's something for you to clean up back to cleaning up right yeah yeah i just love that you're in that process (laughs) and would would you say ego ego is the enemy ego is the false protector i see the enemy as a terrified child it's just trying to stay identified as an as a body, as a physical, as an object, you know, an I. And it can never be because mind is not physical. So it has to I, I, me, 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 I, I, me, me, I, me, I, me. It, it's, you know, that's its story and it doesn't rest. But through inquiry, it can begin to relax in itself because ego is nothing more than mind, right mind, depressive mind it's all mind and to question it the ego eventually can rest in its own nature in itself it ends the war of um, of fearing for its life it finds its life actually in its true nature so we're writing down the ego and we fill in one of these worksheets we're we're, uh, taking dictation really as we fill it in and the directions are there and then we question that and and um begin to mature at any age. It's never too late. You know, we can be in our, in our, in any age can, can do this. If they can respond to when someone says, what is your name? What is your name? If they can respond, they can do this work. Just takes an open mind. Mm. What are you most excited about right now? Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That I just had a bowl of soup and it's in me and it fascinates me, the effects. Really? Tell me more. Tell me more. <gasps> I, I feel a little heat in my tummy and then a little higher. And and it's exciting how powerful it is to project a bowl of soup that I've eaten to ascribe this feeling that I have here to the bowl of soup other than the remembering of the bowl of soup. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but that's there's reality and then there is uh, what I'm believing about um, the reality and cause. Mm, two and different it's, and things. It's all, and, and it's all okay. <laughs> I have sensed that recently, not even recently, I think there's a bit of a pattern here with me that I tend to override and, like with decisions, you know, sometimes big decisions, sometimes little decisions. And, and it becomes very clear looking back at times. But what are your thoughts on on overriding, doing things that maybe you didn't want to do that you did and you chose to? Or is that guilt? Are we are we back there? Like- so so yeah, definitely definitely uh, a cause for guilt. But what is the situation? For example, let's say a, a trip. You 
agreed to go on a trip and then you knew this wasn't the right situation. You didn't want to go on the trip and then you did it anyway because you felt, well, I, I just kind of went back to the guilt, like you committed and maybe you paid for it or, or whatever. And then, so, I mean, anything big and small. The why, but, the why not? So why isn't this trip okay? The why not? And then just to write them down and question them because they're running and allowed just to run, you know, is, you know, I'm doing this trip. It wasn't right. I already bought the tickets. Um, this isn't good for my health. Uh, there are other things I could be doing. I could be catching up. With, I, I could be cleaning out my closet. I could be catching up with, you know, it's all of this running. And, and it's, and then the plane lands and it's as though we didn't even take the flight. <laughs> the mind started at takeoff and it, we didn't come back to our senses <laughs> until the plane landed. But those things, for me, they all belong on paper. And then I just meditate in those questions. Is it true? Can I really know that it's true? And to witness in my mind's eye how I react when I believe the thought. And who would I be without the thought? And then turn around to opposites. The I shouldn't have made this flight, turned around, I should have made this flight. And then to try that opposite on in the situation, uh, to try it on like a, like it's a pair of shoes. Maybe it fits, maybe it doesn't. And I should have made the flight. Well, if I'm here. That's number one. It is. And I, mean, I is. should have made the flight. <laughs> Just see if there are any more why nots there. And then on um, there's an app. Uh, the work app and one belief at a time um, are really, really powerful to sit in. On this, I think it's ninety nine cents or a dollar ninety nine or something. But it's just this little work app. We can work through our heads as we go. <laughs> it's just really powerful. That's that's fascinating. I just had a big realization that I don't feel I was taking 100% responsibility either for yeah yeah and until we're uh, until we write our minds to experience what is true for us not the world but true for us um there's um we live in a world of guilt on a scale from one to ten it it can be uh anything from just mild discomfort to to misery what if you were to share something with yourself prior to brushing your teeth, prior to that moment when you decided to listen to the directive, what would you say to her? With the thought running through her head? With the resistance that she was feeling against, would you just say, just go brush your teeth? <laughs> exactly that? Well, no, I would honor the why not. Mm. Meaning, I would listen. It's the ego fighting for its life. You know, if, if, if I find my own way, just following the same voice, um, that's terrifying to the ego. It's got to have control. So I would first feel a kind of connection to that terrified child and mm. the ego. And just say, you know, it's... It's okay. We're just going to brush our teeth now. I'll get back to you later. I'm going to put you on paper. We'll sit together. It's okay as I crawl to the toothbrush. 
because it's not a it's not a terrified child until we recognize it. It's like um, a world of suffering. It's interesting and partnering up and being a a team helping. That's... Yeah, a team inquiry. Um, inquiry is an invitation to the ego, mm. and the ego ego loves attention. And and so as we question the ego, it loves to go. I know, I know, I know. What Vince is saying. Oh, interesting. It's still and say, sweetheart, really? Are you sure it's true? And that you know, love is the power, and that kind of power, the self with the self, you know, that kind of respect and and um, you know, the mind to the mind, it will take us far. It is, you know, we've heard the truth sets us free, but what truth? Well, you know, we just we just question the why nots, and it shows us mm-hmm. the why not now. Full circle. Did you have a meditation practice prior to realizing and, and having the work surface? No. Um, in my world, um, meditation was for those people, those weird people. And I don't have time for that. I have to get things done. Mm. And then I became so depressed that <laughs> I lost an equality of life that really, really depressed, agoraphobic, and, you know, for more than a decade. So it's, um, and then I saw in a moment the cause of all my suffering, and it was as though it blew the lid off of my my experience and it was um, really exciting to see clearly the cause of my suffering and how to deal with it. And now do you have a meditation practice that you do the same thing every day or does it vary? Um, it's ongoing whether I'm asleep or awake it's ongoing it's a it's like suffering was ongoing mm-hmm. <laughs> um because mine was so deep that there wasn't a lot of, to wake up was to be tortured, you know, to just wake up in the morning. But that ongoing hell, which was simply believing my thoughts, and then seeing the way out of suffering and the practice, it doesn't end. It's where the mind meets the mind in a, in a place of, that, that makes sense, or where mind meets inquiry. And the very same mind that I lay in bed with, you know, for that decade is the very same mind that I began to question. And now it's, I'd have to say it's quiet. It's quiet, the end of war. And I'm always, I'm always ready to, to see what my ego comes up with next, because nothing can withstand the power of an honest answer to, is it true? Is it true? So when you're making a decision, let's say the app for the work, and how do you decide which ideas? When I'm making a decision. Oh, let's say you, at one point, you decided you wanted to make the app for the work. Uh Uh-huh. And my question is, how do you decide which ideas to follow? Well, um, it's the app is nothing more than duplicating what I've already had designed out of that experience on the floor of 
And if you have other ideas that are unrelated, is there a process you go through to decide um, where to spend your you energy? Know, this company has the most talented people. And let's say I wanted the app, and this is really how it went. It's like, we need an app. And then let's say Keith says, great, what a great idea. This is just standard for us. And then Mary says, I'll help. And then, and then Paul says, I'll be, and every, our, our company is just the, the people in it. And then David takes it on to back it up. I mean, we just have the most amazing and volunteers from all over the world. You know, they, they'll, um, translate it and then that can go into the app. And it's just, ah, it's, it's a joy. It's just a joy. It's not a job. And um, that's how I believe everyone that works for Byron Katie International to see it. We know our job, so it's really simple, and we just keep doing it. You know, it's to make sure that as many people in the world know that these questions exist, and then that's about it. So simple, yet so impactful. Oh, thank you, honey. Thank you. Thank you. It's really... They're, they're only powerful, those questions, those four questions, they're only power, as powerful as, as the time we take to sit in it. And the mind will give us every reason to why not now. Mm, every single yeah, one. So, We've got lists yeah, and lists. And we can, yeah, we can take those uh, reasons to a one belief at a time worksheet and um, com and or byroncady.com and just fill in that why not now and um, and just have an amazing internal uh, experience of shock and surprise and uh, for someone to meet their own wisdom there's nothing more exciting than that. Oh. I recently heard a, a phrase and someone said don't look for the right answers look for the right questions and for me your questions have really made a, a profound impact on my reality. So I thank you. And I thank you so much for your time today. It's been a joy, not a job. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Precious. everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. Hit me up on social media to let me know what you think. I'm at Amy Jo Martin on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And I want to hear your why not now moments so I can share them on the show. Just send me a note to why not now at amyjomartin.com. For show notes and other offers, you can visit amyjomartin.com forward slash why not now. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email newsletter for exclusive content and announcements. A big thanks to Rock Salt Music for all of the tunes by the talented John Coggins. And of course, a hat tip to Richard Gruer for editing and producing the show. I'll see you next time. And until then, why not now? 